0: This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance, and I actually want to talk a little bit today about God's will for your kids going back to school. Um, I've heard from God. No, okay, I haven't, actually. And that's really... Part of what makes this hard right now is, as a parent, I have a child who's going to be a seventh grader, a child who's going to be a fourth grader, and a child who's going to be a second grader. And my wife and I are looking at, you know, we have the coronavirus data, we have the governor's plan, we have Return to Learn that's been published for our community school district, and we're wrestling through, should we online, should we homeschool, what are we supposed to do? And there's so much out there, and sometimes you do just wish that God would speak from the heavens. He would just say, and this is God's will. Everybody needs to go hybrid model. You know, that would be so helpful. It would just be incredibly helpful to us, but it's not the way God works. And so what I want to do is talk about the principle of how we live by wisdom In seeking the will of God in daily life, because whether it's sending your kid back to school during coronavirus time, or should you buy this car, or what sort of job should you take, all of these are matters that are important for our life, but I can't give you a verse of scripture that's going to tell you, thus says the Lord. They're the sort of things that fall into the area of seeking the will of God through wisdom, and they can be really hard for us. So I wanna figure out what the Bible says about the will of God, part one, then talk about how we seek wisdom and then walk it through with what we might do with our kids going back to school in the fall as a test case for how we live the life of wisdom. You know, And I think this is really, really, really important because for many Christians, they I think we actually have this picture of the will of God and of how we see wisdom And we have it in a category that we think of it like a bullseye. It's like the will of God, the perfect decision is a bullseye. And I need to hit that decision right on or I am like blowing my life. You know, if I miss the will of God for this job or I don't get the will of God right. You know, I talk to college students who are just like, what's God's will for the person I'm supposed to marry? If I mess this up, my whole life could be a catastrophe. And we are so amped up that we just need to settle ourselves down, let the scripture root us, and try to live a wise life. So, let's talk about the will of God and how the Bible talks about it. First principle is this. The Bible talks about the will of God in three different ways. The first way the Bible talks about God's will is the we'll call this the sovereign will of God or God's will of decree. This is like Ephesians 1.11, that everything will work together according to the purpose of the one who has planned out everything according to his sovereignty, that God, he is so powerful that all things are working according to his sovereign will. The second way the Bible talks about the will of God is his will of desire or his commanded will. His moral will. Think of First Thessalonians chapter 4, where Paul says to the Thessalonians, this is the will of God for you, your sanctification, that you would live in holiness and sexual purity. Okay, in that way, the will of God is not some sort of like, who should I marry or what job should I take or what should I do with my life? In that sense, the will of God is His will of desire. This is what I want for your life. The third way that Christians talk about the will of God is not the will of decree, his sovereign will, the will of desire, his commanded will, but the will of God in direction. What we mean there is Christians are saying God's specific direction for what he wants you to do in the day-to-day decisions of your life. It's like a maze that we follow or a bullseye that we hit where we go, this is what God wants for my kids when it comes to the fall. When it comes to sending them back to school, when it comes to what we're supposed to do with um, the car that we buy, what we do with our money. Now, I want to read you a quote from Kevin DeYoung talking about those three ways to think about the will of God. He writes this, um, trusting in God's will of decree is good. Resting in his sovereignty is good. Following God's will of desire is obedience, trying to figure out God's will of direction is a mess. It is bad for your life. It is harmful for your sanctification. And it allows many Christians to be passive tinkerers who offer strange spiritual reasons for doing less with their life. You see, What he's saying is with the will of decree, God's sovereignty, we're called to trust in God's sovereignty, that he is King and Lord over all. With his will of desire, we are called to obey what God commands. We don't have to debate whether he wants our sexual purity. He told us that, so we obey what he commands. But in that will of direction, I don't have a verb to tell you what you're to do because the Bible never tells you to know God's will of direction for your life. It never addresses it. It doesn't presume that God has to magically like Google Maps from heaven for your life, show you the step-by-step, turn-by-turn directions for how you're supposed to live. That's not the way the Bible talks about the way we live. If you think God's will of direction for your life should be like a Google Maps from heaven that, hey, I don't know what I should do with my kids, so I'm going to pray about it. I'll see a sign in the sky. You come up with hyper-spiritual mumbo-jumbo to direct your life when you should actually simply be living by wisdom. God doesn't speak primarily in that way. Now, at times in my life, in special moments, has God maybe intervened, given me a special sense that this is the way he wants me to go? Yes, and I bless God for that. But I'm never told in scripture to expect that God should do that. That what God does in his kindness is not what I should demand as God's pattern because that's not his normal way of acting. And we get in a whole lot of trouble and we get a whole lot of anxiety going in our lives when we try to demand God act in a way that he's never promised he will. So instead of seeking out the bullseye of some sort of mystical will of direction, like God is the magic eight ball in the sky. Should I send my kids back to school? Shake, 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 shake. Ask Fred, what? What? You know, instead of thinking as God is like the magic eight ball in the sky, instead, here's the way the Bible talks about living. It says you're to walk by wisdom. You're not to know the perfect path for your life ahead of time. Instead, you're to faithfully obey God's will of command as you trust God's will of decree and to live by wisdom in trying to live faithfully in his world. So, Kevin DeYoung, again, I'm going to read a quote by him. Obsessing over the future is never the way God wants us to live because showing us the future is not God's way. God's way is to speak to us in scripture and transform us by the renewing of our minds. His way is not a crystal ball. His way is wisdom. God's way is wisdom. So what I think of even in Matthew 6, 25 and following in this way, I want to just read this to you. This is a picture of what it means to walk by wisdom. He says, I'm telling you, don't worry about your life, what you eat or what you drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his life by worry? So why do you worry about clothes? Look at the wildflowers of the field and how they grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that is the way God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and then thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So then don't worry saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear, or will my kids be able to go back to school, or how often will they shut down a class because of the coronavirus? Maybe that's not in the text of scripture, but you get what I'm saying. Because the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough of its own trouble. See, that is a picture of the path of wisdom. Instead of seeking, what should I do about this job? What should I do about who to marry? What should I do about sending my kids to class? The first priority of your life as a Christian is not to figure out the path for the next 24 hours, but to set Christ as Lord and King over your heart, to seek first His kingdom. To root your life in the love of God. To remind yourself, I have a Father in heaven who provides for me. Therefore, I don't have to figure out everything in my life. He's Lord and King. That's the posture of my heart. And therefore, if I'm seeking out the kingdom of God and His righteousness, I will be living inside of His will. Look, if Jesus is King and Lord of your life, and you're trying to live wisely— I think you're probably going to make a pretty good decision. The way Augustine put this is he said it simply. The Christian, to figure out the will of God, looks like this. Love God and then do whatever you want. I know that sounds overly simple, but if you are passionately in love with Christ, if he's King and Lord of your life, I'm not really all that worried that you'll make a wise decision. So, That's what the will of God looks like. That's a picture of the path of wisdom. But there's also some principles for how we can cultivate becoming the sort of person who loves God and makes wise decisions in the world. I'm going to give you four principles just quickly for how you become a seek God's kingdom first sort of wise person in the world. So the first principle is this. Know your Bible. Know your Bible. The people who make wise decisions in God's world know how to listen to God's voice in God's word. So if you want to be a wise person, start with seeking God's wisdom by seeking God in Scripture. So start with the Bible. Second principle for how you, how you would seek wisdom in the world is this. Know wise people. The Bible says a person who is a companion of the wise will become wise, but a person who's a companion of fools will become a fool. Hang around with wise people. Who are the smartest, wisest, most Jesus-loving people you know? Seek their input and their direction. So know your Bible, know wise people. Second, third thing rather, pray. Prayer reminds us That The important thing in our life is not that we get our will done in heaven, but that God's will is done in earth. Our Father who's in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come in what? Your desire, your will, your, your desire be done on earth. That means I'm inviting God into my life. I'm inviting him into the moments of my, I'm acknowledging him as king. Prayer centers our heart back on our identity of God as Father and us as child. So, scripture wise people, prayer. And then the fourth one, and I think this one actually I've often overlooked, and I think it's really important, is know yourself well. Okay? Some of us, let's just own it. Uh, You really get nervous about making big decisions. You're kind of an anxiety-driven person, and you have a tendency to obsess, and you need to know that about yourself because sometimes you're just in your own head when it comes to making a good call. In my case, I'm perpetually addicted to making great decisions immediately and forcefully and quickly. And sometimes they're not actually that great of a decision. Like, little known fact about me, I've never returned a pair of clothing in my life. Even when it didn't fit, I already made the decision to buy it. Therefore, I don't go back on decisions and I won't return it. I know that that may not be the wisest thing, but I don't like living a halfway in life. So therefore, whatever I've decided, I stick with, which makes me a great person to live with as a husband. That was sarcasm. That was sarcasm. Okay, so back on, back on the train here. Four principles, all right? Seek wisdom in scripture. Seek wisdom in wise people. Seek wisdom in centering your heart in prayer. And then seek wisdom by knowing yourself well and how God wired you. And then you know what you should do? you should make a choice and do something. Or not. But in either case, don't worry about whether you're perfectly hitting the will of God. Just try to make the wisest decision you can. Okay, so let me give you a couple practical examples in my life. So I'm going to start with the classic one for college students that I go with, which is, how did I decide that I should marry my wife, Crystal? Well, first, I start with Scripture. And the Bible Talks well about marriage. Says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. Marriage is lifted up and it's a good thing. And so I said, scripture lifts it up and I seem to want to be married. So there's nothing wrong. It's not like I'm sinning. God's pro-marriage. He's pro-singleness, but I think I should take this path. So that was good. And then the Bible described the sort of woman that actually a man should seek. Calm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be highly praised. And so my wife was that sort of person. She was not my wife yet, but Crystal was, she loved God. She was the sort of person I found myself leaning in to trust her, not just being attracted to her, but a person I wanted to talk through life with. So I sought God in scripture. Second, I asked the smartest people I knew who knew me and who knew her, what do you think? So I asked my parents, and they seemed to be generally positive about the young woman. I asked my friends. I asked wise counselors. Third, I prayed throughout our relationship, God, I want to honor you. And pretty soon into our relationship, I thought maybe this is the person I should be around for the rest of my life. And I, I prayed, God, would you give me a heart to understand her? Would you give a cultivation of love? And would you continue to lead us? Fourth, I knew myself well. Okay, And here's what I knew. I got married pretty young, guys. I got married in my early 20s. And part of that was just knowing myself well to know I want to be married. I actually enjoy this person. I had found, I could endlessly search for some mystical soulmate, but what? here's what I realized. I hated leaving Crystal. I hated not being with her. Life was better with her. And so I was happy. She was happy. At least I thought she was happy as far as I could tell. So, wisdom from scripture, wisdom from wise people, centering my heart in prayer, and then just knowing myself and my desires. It seemed like this was the best thing to do. And so you know what I decided to do? If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. And so I put a ring on her finger. I asked her to marry me, and she became in the moment when she said, I do, my magical, mystical soulmate. You see, people had this idea that you got to find your soulmate. That's what you're searching for in dating. But really what I found is I found a wise, godly woman and I committed myself to her and that made her the magical soulmate. I didn't have to figure out the soulmate junk beforehand. That came after commitment. So that's just a pattern of how. I, so that was how I got married. Now let's talk about the coronavirus, your kids in school. So first off, wisdom from scripture. All right. The Bible doesn't talk about coronavirus. Okay, so I can't give you a chapter and verse about coronavirus return to learn plans. What I can give you, though, is some principles that parents are responsible primarily to train up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that we're responsible to cultivate wisdom in our children, to discipline them to learn. Even, guys, the fact the Bible is a written book advocates for why as Christians, we value educating people to read and to write into things. So we can say actually children making academic progress is wise and good. So whatever posture of schooling we're going to take, we need to make a priority. What can we do to effectively educate our kids to learn well? That would be wisdom from scripture applied. Okay, how about wise people, important people in your life? Here's what I would not recommend. I would not recommend posting something on Facebook and saying, hey, everybody, quick poll, tell me what I should do. That's assuming the 2,000 random people on your Facebook page who just happen to be scrolling through their feed enough to pick up the poll that you put out there will be the source of wise counsel for you. Like, how many of the wisest people that you know constantly scroll through their Facebook feed? So I'm just saying, generally speaking, here's what I want to do. I want to actually think, who do I know that knows how to make this decision? So for me, I wanted to talk to educators, like people in the school, because they know what the school is trying to do and I wanted to ask them. My aunt happens to have a PhD in education in early childhood development, so she can really talk about what school's like. My friend, Dr. Corey Patton, is a pediatrician and understood the health concerns, so I tried to listen in to them, and the wisest person I know is named Crystal Vance, so I had to talk to Crystal because we needed to make a decision together about our home. So, wisdom from Scripture, wisdom from people. Then third, I wanted to pray. I wanted to pray about school. I want to pray for God to work health in our community. I want to pray for wisdom. He tells us to pray for wisdom for elected officials and people in authority. So I took that to mean our school board even, and the principal and the people involved. I want to pray with my kids because I don't just want my heart settled in the decision. I want their heart settled in the decision. And so we pray. Then we try to seek ourselves well and know ourselves. Here's one thing that Crystal and I both know about ourselves um, we are not great homeschooling parents. Um, if we were responsible to lesson plan everything for our children, they might be illiterate. And so we just are like, honestly, not great at the homeschooling plan. So generally speaking, we knew by disposition that meant if our school is open, we would rather send them that way. The other thing is for us, involvement socially in our community for our kids has been a really good thing. And so presence with their peers was valuable. But yet at the same time, I'm a person who, because of the nature of my job, I have to be around a lot of people outside of my home. And so there are more questions of how much of the virus exposure will I have or my kids have stuff that are part of the calculus that our family needs to do. So I sought wisdom in scripture. I sought wisdom from wise people. I sought wisdom in prayer. I'm trying to know myself well and accurately. And then what am I supposed to do? Walk the path of wisdom and do something. So drum roll, please. Here's what we're going to do. I don't know yet. We'll tell you on August 10th. All right. So here's the thing. We don't have all the information on the return to learn plans. And so Crystal and I felt like looking at everything we could find, we can't make a full decision yet because we don't have all the information yet. And so we're all right with that. We're not obsessed about it. We'll make a good decision when the time comes. We are doing the best we can with the data that we have. And what we're confident on is this, whatever decision we make, we won't be outside of the will of God because he doesn't have a bullseye for exactly what every family should do. Every family's calculus is gonna be a little bit different, but you know what we know we will do? We'll make a decision that's wise because we're seeking him first and his kingdom first and we're leading into the path of wisdom. So parents, listen to me. Take a deep breath. (sighs) The weight of the world is not on your shoulders, it's on God's. He's your father and he's your king. So figure out how to walk in wisdom. Stop trying to figure out the exact will of God for your kids going back to school, because he never tells you to do that. Instead, trust in His will of decree and in His sovereignty. Obey His will of command and obey what He tells you to do. And then love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and make a great decision about what to do with your kids in school. And I'm sure that you're going to do great. God bless you guys. Keep living faithfully. Keep trusting Him. Keep following Him in this and every area of life.